Sydney Church and those viewing online. Let us have the lighting of the candles. Stand if you are able and join in singing hymn number 447, Freely, Freely.
turn to the back of the bulletin for your announcements. On the charge announcements, there's a meeting on the high school Bible study at 7.30 p.m. at the Mount Hope Community Church on the 24th. On October 22nd, church council meetings after church. Sunday, November 5th, combined worship service at Dunlow with church conferences after. And a little further ahead, 1119, the Forest Hills Ministerium Thanksgiving service at Dunlo at 3 p.m. Are there any other announcements this morning? The, uh, the meeting is, uh, next, next Sunday at the uh, Mount Hope Community Church uh, could have some negative aspects to it. We've invited the, the Forest Hills Ministerium has invited the principal and the superintendent to come to the meeting. Now, if we don't have too many people at the meeting, the superintendent and the principals are going to think this doesn't mean anything to anybody. Uh, the, the Bible class has been going on for a year now, but I didn't find out until the meeting in September, last week or so, that it's only for five minutes. Once a week, for five minutes. Because Mr. Carpenter, the man who runs it, who's going to be there next Sunday, is in the elementary school. He can only be there at the beginning of the school year. So we need to find out if there might be other volunteers who will be willing to, uh, to do something. Uh, so it would, I know, well, some of you may have, uh, nobody has any kids in, the, in, uh, in high school. Uh, it would be nice if some of you were to attend, uh, bring homework to do, uh, bring a crossword puzzle to do, just be there and sit and, you know. Uh, because of the importance of the attendance of this meeting. We don't need the administrators saying, this doesn't mean anything to enough people, so we're not going to do anything about it. We've been trying for a long time to get a Bible study in there, and finally we got one, but it's only for five minutes a week. Please stand if you are able for the affirmation of faith, a responsive reading from Psalm 51, verses 10 through 17. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence, or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, so that sinners will turn back to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, you who are God, my Savior, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Open my eyes, O Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice is God, a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. You will not despise. Please be seated. Not here, Pastor. There is no show of the message this morning. We got mixed up somehow. So, let us pray. We believe, all-powerful and wise Lord, that you arrange and direct all things, even the small and the unpleasant things, to the increase of your honor and to the good of those who love you. Please teach us to trust your goodness and accept your choices for us. 
even when we cannot understand the choices. Keep our hearts fixed on you. Let us do in everything what pleases you, and then, in full surrender to your wisdom, leave the outcome entirely to you. We gather this morning in your presence to raise our voices to you, to bring to your attention what's on our souls. We offer prayer for the members of the law enforcement, the military, especially our First Lieutenant Carl Smith, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, and teachers. We pray for the well-being and safety for the leaders of our country, our community, and our church. We pray for the safety and well-being of our youth and continue to encourage them on their walk of faith. We pray for the unsaved, the unbelievers, those who have lost their way. We pray for them to see that, the, that they see the light on their wayward ways so that they may be saved before it's too late. We ask forgiveness for our going astray and for choosing our way over your way. We pray for the good health and well-being of the members of this congregation, their families, friends, and neighbors. We pray for the, uh, the, the people in uh, Libya who have lost 10,000 people and 11,000 people were still missing from the uh, uh, earthquake that they had and then the flood. And we pray for the uh, people of Hawaii, those who suffered through a hurricane and those who are suffering through a, uh, an eruption of the volcano. It makes one think, are these signs given to us from God? Because they're, they're happening all over the, all over the world. Uh, if it is, what's he telling us? If he's telling us anything, we have to be leery, weary of these, these potential signals that he's sending to us. We pray for Roseanne and Tom Burkett. Now if there was a name that came to the souls of the people, or the spirit, while we were praying, let them say those names out loud now. Dear Lord, let us continue along in, in silent prayer as we listen to you, your voice, talking to us instead of our voice talking to you. to a close by praying the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Somebody have a favorite hymn they'd like to sing this morning? Open 
425. Please stand if you are able.
Our gracious God in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to gather this third Sunday in the month of September. We ask that you accept these tithes and gifts and offerings that's being presented by two of our young men this morning from this church. We thank you for their presence here today. We thank you for them coming up and presenting this to you. And we ask that you take these tithes and gifts and offerings to use with the run to use to be used with the running of your church here in Sydney, Pennsylvania, and we're spreading your word throughout the community. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, Master, Teacher, and Friend. And we all said, Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. Our reading for the day comes from Matthew 18. Matthew 18, verses 21 through 35. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but seventy-seven times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to the knees and begged him. Be patient with me, and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I counted all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. The words of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This, has to, this is a, a, a parable has to do with uh, God's mercy and grace. Experiencing God's mercy and grace means you will be experiencing a changed heart. That change will produce a changed life that gives the same mercy and grace that you have received from God. For those who have not experienced God's mercy and grace, they will not experience his forgiveness. God's mercy and grace cannot be understood by a hard and wicked heart. And because of this, a change cannot be produced. 
such a person will experience eternal damnation. Now what's the difference between mercy and grace? Mercy is not giving a person what they deserve. You deserve this. But you're not going to get it. You deserve this kind of behavior. But you're not going to get it. That's mercy. Grace is giving a person what they do not deserve. But I will give you this. Even though you don't deserve it, I will give you this. Mercy experience will produce mercy demonstrated. The person who has experienced God's mercy and received his forgiveness will find that they have entered into the life of the kingdom of heaven here on earth. Believe it or not, they will find that all of the former values of the world have been turned upside down. We forgive others, but why do we keep on forgiving? Because the moment we stop, we are destroying ourselves. You see, the opposite of forgiveness is bitterness. You okay, Gene? Gene, you okay? Hello? Hello there, Gene. I'm okay. Bitterness is to the soul what poison is to the body. The kind of community Jesus talks about is based on having received mercy and forgiveness. This will in turn force you to demonstrate mercy and forgiveness to others. True forgiveness is a real, personal, loving connection that Jesus lets take place between us, between individuals. Offering forgiveness becomes a problem only when the actions are serious and intentional and especially when they are repeated. Everyone says forgiveness is a lovely idea until they have something to forgive. Jesus says, saying 77 times implies limitless forgiveness because of the number seven in the ancient days. The number seven implies limitless. The teachings of the rabbis was that you would forgive three times. Just three times. Seven times seventy means we shouldn't keep track of how many times we forgive. Anybody here kept track of how many times they've forgiven over the years? Well, we'll, we'll narrow it down. How many times have you forgiven your children? How many more times are there due forgiving your children? Many more. We must pray for the strength to resist the temptation of getting even with those who have hurt us. I'll get back at them. Yeah, they think they can get away with that? Well, let's, let's see. I'll get back at them. Okay? We have to avoid the temptation because that's not from God, that's from the devil. The devil is putting us in that. We need to get back at those people. Let God take care of that. He's the good one for that. Holding on to past hurts and resentments deeply affects our emotional and physical health. And here's an example of that. James Garfield. Did you ever hear James Garfield? 
Former, you've heard him, what was he? I don't know, but the name sounds <laughs> He was the former president of the United States in 1880. Well, six months after he was in office, he was shot in the back with a revolver. At the hospital, the doctor probed the wound but couldn't find the bullet. How can a bullet get lost back there? I don't know. I don't know. The president survived until September. Now, he was shot. Does it, did I say when he was shot? No. And he finally died in September. Not from the bullet wound, but from the infection. From the infection. So it is with people who dwell too long on their sins and refuse to release it to God. The moment you ask for forgiveness, God will give it to you. Have you asked forgiveness for all your sins? Go back as far as you want to. I'm going back to things in, the, in, in high school about the uh, wanting to be a, better than that guy, and I could have let that guy be first chair for a year, but uh, be, uh, for two years, no, a year, uh, but no, 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 I had to challenge him and pass him up and all that sort of stuff. He would have loved to have that, that, that position of first chair for a while, but I took it instead for the next, for the next three years. I've asked for forgiveness on that and given to me the first, uh, the first time I asked for it. Mm -hmm. And then I proceeded on from, from, uh, uh, from that into certain things that took place in my, uh, uh, in, in my, my life. This, the same type of situation took place when I went back to college. I was in my 30s then and everybody else was 18 or 19. And uh, the, the first chair, he was the first chair the year before I got there. And when I get there, I find out this was one of my former students. How could I let them beat me in a competition? What would it look like? So I won, and I got first chair. I could have let him have first chair. You know, it didn't mean it didn't mean a, mean a thing uh, at, at at the time. Uh, well, I think it meant something at the time, but. 50 years later didn't mean a thing. I should have I let Tommy have that, uh, uh, th that position for, for a while. Uh, and I've moved on from other things that have, uh, that have uh, taken place in my life, how I've treated some, uh, some, some, some people. Uh, so it's, uh, uh, bring your sin to God, ask for forgiveness, and you'll get it right away. The trouble is that we still don't forgive ourselves. We're the hardest person on ourselves, is us. Because God forgives us right away. But we don't. And it builds on us. It can affect your personal health. Not that it affected mine, but it can affect your personal health. The point of the parable should be clear. God has forgiven us on an enormous debt that we would never be able to repay in our lifetime. When someone sins against you, that by comparison is a very small debt. 
So when you feel that somebody sinned against you, you know, compare it to the, 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 the sin that God has forgiven you for. Uh-oh. You know what the finger means. Behave yourself. Right, you know what that means. Yeah, he knows what that means. He's smiling. The people on the screen don't know what that means. Uh, let me say hi to uh, Dan and Kathy, who's down in uh, Kitty Hawk. Kitty Hawk, I think that's in North Carolina. Is that where it is, North Carolina? The Outer Banks, they're down there for the, uh, they left yesterday. They're down there for the next next two weeks. So we say hello to, uh, to those people in, in North, North Carolina. Hearers of this parable must not place themselves in the judgment seat of the king who forgives, but rather in the hot seat of the unworthy servant who is forgiven. We are the unworthy servants, but we've been forgiven. You need to possess a childlike, childlike humility, not seeking a special status, but willing to change your perspective and take on a new life. Now I know here from personal experience that most of you do not want to change your perspective because I've seen that from where you continue sitting. And you'll hear about that many times as long as you continue sitting in those, in those seats. Now, to have that childlike humility, you need a changed heart that will produce a changed life that will eventually give the same mercy and grace that you have received from God. If you don't feel you've received mercy or grace from God, then you're doing something wrong. And you need to change something quickly. Don't wait to the last moment when you're taking your last breath. <gasps> oh, please forget it. Now, you got to do it before that. I mean, he'll still accept you if you're in your last breath, but try to do it before, before that. Your life will improve uh, right, right away, immediately. You may not live, but your life will improve right away. And this change will be shown in your words and your actions. And let me add in there, thoughts, thoughts, words, and actions will be shown. I don't think anybody who uh, knew me in college, my wife, what came after that? Oh, when I moved out here to uh, Western Pennsylvania in 1982 and started teaching in all the Catholic schools, some of the sisters may agree that you're still the same person. I know I'm not. But I don't think the other teachers, the principals, or the students would, uh, they would see me as a different person now. Because I, you know, a minister, that was, that was in another building, which I never went into. But I've had uh, two of them uh, contact me because I don't know how they found out I was a, 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 a Methodist minister, but they found me and contacted me and sent me emails. But it takes a while for me to respond to the, to the, to the emails because these have come last year. Uh, a Christmas card came from my cousin last year. My nephew contacted me last year to wish me a happy birthday. 
last year, 2022. And I haven't gotten back to him yet. He probably thinks I'm dead. But uh, I'll have to tell him to uh, watch us on the, uh, watch me on the interlude. The interlude. <laughs> the the, the uh, inner tube. The internet. That, uh, to see that I'm, uh, that I am, uh, I am, I am alive. He runs a uh, marina down in Haverty Grace. That's the north, where the Chesapeake Bay and the Susquehanna River meet. That's the marina, he owns the marina there. That's my hometown, Haverty Grace. And he, I don't think I'll get him in trouble with, with this. When my father died, he wanted his ashes sprinkled over his favorite fishing hole, which when I knew where it was. So my, this nephew said that uh, he, since he ran the marina, he could get us a boat and take us all out and we'll uh, spread, sprinkle the, uh, my mother and brother were on the shoreline because my mother didn't like the boat, never did like the boat. And we all went out and sprinkled it there. And then we did the same thing again when my mother died a few years, a few years later, uh, maybe eight, ten years later. And uh, I'd like to have him do that when I die. Sprinkle my ashes on the where my mother and father were, uh, were were sprinkled. Whether he's willing to take that risk now, I I don't know. I'm certainly doesn't help having a broadcast over the internet. That uh, you know I don't think that helps. But you never know. Remember that mercy is reframing, reframing, reframing from giving a person what they deserve and grace is giving a person what they do not deserve. You don't deserve this, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. They're the big rewards. Not the rewards that come, uh, that are given to uh, people uh, on TV for uh, uh, the Oscar and the uh, Emmy and the, the President's thing. Did you see the one where the president gave a, a, I think he was a Vietnam veteran, a Medal of Honor? An old man. I mean, he was, he was older than I am. And then he just walks off stage and leaves. He leaves the event going on and he's gone. He's gone. The key to forgiveness is to stop focusing on what others have done to humans and start focusing on what Jesus has done for you. What has Jesus done for you since last Sunday? If you can't think of anything, well, oh, you, you're, you're good. I like you. You mean, um, my dad and my stepmom got a new dog. Got a new dog. What's the dog's name? Kilo. 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 Oh my goodness, well, they're not into drugs, are they? That's why they call the dog Kilo? It was already named. Oh, it was already named Kilo. Well, maybe you're buying it from drug dealers. At least my, my cat was named. Oh, well, my, is it an old drug dealer then? At least my, my cat, well, it's not my cat, it's the owner's cat who lives back in, in Rexford. At least it, his name was Phil, so there was nothing, you know. But he's okay. But be, be careful of that cat, especially if strange Mexican people come around. I mean that dog. If you have Mexican people come around, be careful. 
Be careful. Tell mom, tell stepmom, and dad that. Okay? Okay. All right. Now I have a little kid going home talking to mom and dad about drugs. <laughs> Notice the kind of people that God has brought into your world. Think of all the people God has brought into your world. You will be put to shame when you realize that this is His way of revealing to you the kind of person that you have been to Him. So if you have people come into your life, He's bringing those people into your life to show you this is what you have been to me, to God. Well, let's see. I don't have time to do my reading today, Lord. I woke up late. I can't do my reading. So, okay, so uh, we'll go on. Uh, well, I don't have time to, uh, to go to church today because of uh, uh, something or other. It's raining outside. Uh, I, I don't have time to be nice to people when I go to the supermarket because I'm in a hurry. I don't want to talk to all these people in there. Uh, and then you get people who are like that to you. People you'd like to talk to. I'm sorry, I can't talk to you. I'm in a hurry. i got to go. I just wanted to say, you know, hello, how are you? Blah, 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 blah. Well, they're being brought into your life because that's how you're treating God. I don't have time today, Lord. Oh, I haven't been to church in the last three months. In my case, I haven't been to church for 38 years. So maybe that's why he's not talking to me until I get to uh, uh, 14 years now. No, 12, no, 16 years, 18 years. Maybe you got another 18 more years to uh, 28 and 20 years to go before I get to, through that process. The people who are nice to you. Maybe that's showing a good side of you. But then the other people who are rude and, you know, they're brought into your life for a reason, even though you may not know them. And you may never see them for the rest of your life. And, and some people, you hope you never see them for the rest of your life. why I was brought into your life, why you were brought, all of you were brought into, uh, into, my, into my life. What a miserable life it's been since then. No, I'm just teasing. No, 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 no. It's a... Uh... Oh, well, okay. Just keep, keep in mind those people who come into your lives. Colleen, are you awake? Yes, yeah, she's awake. I got to watch with Colleen because she's filling in for me today at Dunlow. Make sure she. What are you going to do between now and Dunlow? Go home. Go to your mom's. Where's your mom live? In Beaverdale. I'm going to Beaverdale too. Maybe I can hitch a ride with you over to, uh, to, to, Beaver, to Beaverdale. And uh, that will bring an end to this uh, meetings after after the church because the next meetings I don't have to be at.
so I won't have to figure out this, uh, this uh, scale. In, in fact, today I had to figure out three different services today, because Beaverdale is doing their communion service. So they're going to be hearing a communion sermon, sermon that you heard last year, last week. They'll be hearing. And I still had to plan the, the, the Dunlow Bulletin, but I had to substitute Colleen's reading and name for everything, everything in it. So it's been, it's been quite a week since, since last, last week. So let us pray. Dear Lord, let these words spoken here find a place in the hearts of those who, who heard them today. Let their ears hear and their hearts respond. This is the way we change and become more like you and live the life your Father intended us to live. We pray in your most holy name. Amen. Let us now stand and sing our, our hymn, Crown Him with Many Crowns. Number 234 in the hymnal, or the words are on the screen. extend grace and mercy to all and soon you will see it being returned to you and then you will be experienced the life in God's kingdom here on earth in the name of God the Father God the Son and God the Holy Spirit uh, go and earn your day and let us bring our service to a close by singing the last hymn of our verse <laughs>